Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we will be talking about the fifth episode of Riverdale Season 7, Tales in a Jugular Vein. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, who would hopefully never chop me in half, Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, how's it going? I mean, I'm far too squeamish to ever chop anybody in half, but that is obviously the only thing stopping me from a gruesome murder. Uh, I... I'm here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not stoked about uh, being here because of the episode. I'm stoked to be here to talk to you. But like, but seriously, been. literally, who was that for? I know I ask this every week, but I feel like normally I'm like, who is that for? And you're like, me. No, that wasn't not this even week. for you. Not this week. I the the best thing I can say about this episode is. If you've been listening to this podcast for literally any length of time, you will know that I really appreciate an episode that I just get to write on my notes in chronological order. Oh, my God. So we got that going for us. Well, we have strayed so far off the path, you I, know? I don't understand who this is for, mostly because it's like, all right, we're not doing, we're not doing, you know, season one through six content. Side note, I just want to say, um, I have something very embarrassing to say. Kirsten, you're going to say, Mary, Ooh. no, don't do it. Love yourself. But okay. in my Amazon cart right now are seasons four through six of Riverdale on DVD. <laughs> I haven't no, pushed order yet. No, but here's here's the thing, Mary. You know what I'm going to say. And so I'm not even going to lo- ask you to love yourself more. I'm going to ask you to respect me more <laughs> when I tell you to love yourself more. Uh, I'm just so tempted. I haven't bought them yet. Here's something else I, I mean, found. I do think you should buy season four. I like season four. Yeah, season four is good. I, I do want that. Here's the thing, though. I hate seasons five and six, so I don't even know why I would buy them. I well, It's like, can I buy just the Rivervale special? Is that a thing? I mean, I don't understand why you're buying anything on DVD anyways. Um, So that I can have it and own it. Here's why. Because in a few years time, when the CW is long in the past and Netflix wants to clean out some of its stuff, what network, what streaming service is going to buy Riverdale? It could become lost media, and I'm not even kidding. Yep, and here's the thing. The world will be better (laughs) off when it's lost media. Okay, I would also like to point out there's something else in my uh, Amazon cart. Ooh, what is it? Um, It is... Riverdale the Collection Novels 1 through 4 box set. As far as I can tell, these are not novelizations of the first four seasons or episodes. They're just like bonus stories. I'm here's what here's what I need you to do, Mary. I need you to delete your Amazon account because oh, you can't be on. trusted to have one. Wait, what here, the hell? Here's what it is. Book 1, The Day Before. This prequel novel explores what life was like the day before Jason Blossom was murdered and everything changed for Ever, ever, sorry. That no. sounds good. Um, no, it does not book, sound book two, good. Get out of town. When Archie, Betty, Veronica, and Jughead take a road trip to clear Archie's name, their small town problems follow them wherever they go. Book three, The Maple Murders. During the Riverdale Revels Festival, Archie, Betty, Jughead, and Veronica discover that the dark roots of the town with Pep go even deeper than they could have imagined. And in Death of a Cheerleader, Betty and Veronica's cheerleading retreat with the River Vixen was supposed to be fun. Not deadly. <laughs> no, delete your whole account. You don't deserve access to the internet anymore. Um, ooh, want to play a game called What Was the Last Thing You Bought on Amazon? I actually, I don't know what mine is. I think okay. it's probably boring. Let me see. Sure, yeah. Let's, oh, let's play. no, mine was actually pretty cool. Um, so I brought, I bought a s- two six-piece sets 
of refrigerator magnets that look like cows. Um, and I bought the uh, the Eric Reichenbach Survivor Comics book. Um, I bought LifeWit underbed storage containers, four pack, large capacity blanket blanket storage bags with reinforced handle, organization and storage for comforter sheets, clothes, bedroom closet, college dorm, gray. So it's a four pack of fully zippable, like the lid zips onto the yeah. two. Because I am like in desperate need of storage, and I have a bunch of stuff on shelves that if I put it under my bed, I can use the shelves more. Effectively. Uh, also, a rosemary mint hair oil, two ounces, mm. a bamboo hair brush, pill zoom, a natural paddle hairbrush with bamboo bristles for women, men's, kids, scalp massager, and anti static hair comb for thick, thin, and curly hair, natural bamboo brush, and three pack microfiber hair towel wrap, be offer super absorbent twist turban for women, fast drying hair caps with buttons for drying curly, long, and thick hair, anti frizz, gray, pink, and blue. We are living very different lives. <laughs> <laughs> well, the storage has been in my cart forever, and I just was like, I need to do it. And then um, I feel like I'm developing bald spots. Oh, no. Um, from, from the rubbing? No, from when like, I had COVID. Oh. Um, and so I've I've been exploring hair growth, and apparently rosemary mint and a bamboo hairbrush could help me thicken my hair. Um, and I just needed more hair towels. I don't know. L- listen, I'm an adult. I'm a grown woman. Might I say, your hair looks fantastic today. Very shiny. Very sleek. Thank you. Yes, I used one of my new towel turban thing. Man, maybe I should invest in one of those. I hear great things. I mean, I think it's all so like I blow dried my hair and I this like I don't know my hair is growing it's, it is like really long right now oh yeah it is um but anyway. I just feel like I've got like bald spots well I certainly can't see them from here but well that's thank god if you could see them from there we'd be in big trouble <laughs> Um, all right. Well, that was a nice little segment to fill some time. So <laughs> back to what I was saying before I started talking about Amazon. Um, I don't understand what this was for, because if their idea was like, let's make episodes that are just Riverdale season one, but in the 1950s, which seems like kind of what they had been doing, this wasn't it. If their goal was to make us like or understand any of these characters, this wasn't it. I have no idea Uh, what they're doing with the character of Jughead. There was no redemption for him by the end, so I'm very confused. Well, yeah, so to me, this episode was to put the Veronica and Jughead to bed. Like, they will not be getting together. They wanted to show to Veronica that Jughead is not someone that is a partner for her. Or anyone. That's what I'm confused about. Is it just seems like Jughead was, like, extremely unlikable. He's already, like, kind of unlikable, but in a way where I could understand why some people would like him. But in this one, ew. Just lots of, eh, anyway. Yeah, he's a weirdo. He's weird. So this episode, if you couldn't tell by the title, Tales in a Jugular Vein, is a episode where basically nothing happens. There was five minutes of actual content and the rest of the episode was pretend stories that Jughead was writing for comics. It was so dumb. And the other thing too is it's like they were all stories based on like urban legends that already exist that we've all heard before pretty much. So like I'm trying to think the other times they've done sort of similar things. So there there was a couple episodes in early seasons that were sort of almost like Halloween themed where they would separate the ep- episode into like multiple parts and then do sort of horror-esque things but were sub- meant to be like actually happening. 
my mind immediately goes to that one episode where Veronica killed somebody with dumping fire on their head. Oh, yeah. Um, Damn. Like, she killed him. <laughs> so there was that. And then there was all of River Vale, which was also sort of similar to this in the out-of-character characters doing absurd things. But that wasn't really even this either, because this was just like the characters not playing themselves, but playing comic book characters. It was very weird. It was also it weird was that like- It was just such a waste of time. Why did they do this to us? Why don't they respect us? I, why? And I don't think Jughead would be dumb enough to like write comic books and actually use the names of real people in them. So I don't know if he was just doing Doing that for the sake of the story or what but anyway so we'll break them down there's four stories oh wait hold on wasn't there another one the the episode where it had something to do with like the rat king that was another one of these like weird three-part things it was like um, the one where cheryl was painting all these paintings though so, oh yeah that was cheryl was painting the paintings of everyone and then jughead miraculously survived rabies even though he certainly got treatment outside of the window when it was possible yes that was dumb and i can't remember any of the other stories that happened in that episode but they've done this sort of thing before. So we start off, our frame story for this episode is the patriarchy meets up again. So this time we've got Mayor Clifford Blossom, Werther's, and Featherhead, who all meet to talk about Ethel and her murdered parents. Now, I don't know if we were supposed to understand what was going on here. It seems like they know something, maybe? Or are they just like, we don't want no. people talking about the murder? I no, was they so don't, confused. They don't know anything. Werther's is like, I know who the murderer is. It's comic books, which is obviously just the precursor to like, oh, wow, violent video games cause murder. Like, they don't know a, okay, a thing. Because I that's why I was confused. I was like, are they saying we know who the murderer is and we're no. trying to like sidetrack people by concentrating on comic books or they were just like murder no. is bad for the reputation of the town, basically. They, they said comic books caused this murder to happen. That's how they know, like, quote, know who the murderer is. It's okay. so stupid. So it was like way more ominous than it needed to be because it was just like. Well, but it was this group of three meeting in a dark room. That's ominous. Yeah, and obviously these characters all kind of suck, and mm -hmm. I don't think, we haven't mentioned this before, I don't think, but I'll mention it now. Um, the person who's playing Featherhead, we've also seen before because he was the warden, Warden Norton of the, like, juvenile mm. boys. And what he died in called? that situation, so maybe it, he'll die this time. Something in Loeb, right? Uh, Leopold and Loeb. Leopold and Loeb, yes. So, um, I do kind of like this idea, though, of, like, it's, it's almost like a Principal Honey, right? Where it's, like, the bad guy is somewhat realistic, though. It's realistic in this time period that mm -hmm. the bad guy would be a child psychologist the mayor etc and they're not mm -hmm. like doing massive evil like outlandish schemes like Hiram was doing like having Hiram as the big bad didn't really make any sense for the show so anyway yeah nothing makes sense on the show stop it okay uh so yes Werther's says comic books are the cause of juvenile delinquency and moral violence he wants the PTA to talk about comic books and not the Muggs's murder so Jughead, meanwhile, coincidentally, is writing more stories for the comic books. Jughead thinks none of the pitches are original, talks them over with random person new to this episode called Bernie. I didn't do any research on him. He didn't seem important. No, I don't um, know him. I did like, I did pause on the, the two uh, sample things we saw, which one was boxer vigilante organ harvesting. And then one was man, woman, cult, rocket. I appreciated that one. Um, I mean, like, yeah, but also, 
Uh, why am I haunted by Chad Michael Murray riding that rocket? Did you know that Chad Michael Murray is in a new TV show in Canada? No. Like, it's only out in Canada right now. What's the so show? I, I can't watch it. It's called Sullivan's Crossing. Is it it kind of looks like... It kind of looks like um like not not quite soap opera y but like um Nicholas Sparksy or something. After neurosurgeon Maggie Sullivan's personal and professional life were thrown into turmoil, she returns home to Sullivan's Crossing. While there, Maggie is forced to navigate her complicated present while confronting the painful past she has chosen to ignore for years. There's only six apps. I'll watch these. I don't. I can't vouch for it. I was listening. Yeah, to- I'll I'll report back. I'll it's let you um. Know. It's a uh, the the other character in it is the guy who played Luke. In in Gilmore Girls, but mm-hmm. he's kind of annoying me right now. I had to. Oh, Scott hey. Patterson is a freaking little b. He Thanks. sucks so bad. Yes. Um. I'm sorry for anyone out there who's like a big Gilmore Girls fan. I am too, and so I was trying to listen to his podcast, and I had to hate quit it because it was so bad. It's it's. He- it's- I ranted about it no, too much. He it's, made like, it's my a, least favorite. He made a big fuss like six months ago about a scene where Lorelai comments on his butt and how it was so inappropriate oh, yeah. that he was so like objectified. I'm like, sir, you've never been objectified. He, there's, enough. um, okay, sorry for this tangent, but I need to get this off my chest. This no, is my this podcast. tangent is more important okay, than Riverdale. So, uh, I, I was listening to his podcast and I have a lot of thoughts about it, but I'm not going to hate on one podcast on my own podcast, but the thing that I will say is the reason that I finally had to stop and I made it through season four of listening to that podcast is because the season four finale of Gilmore Girls is this big impactful episode mostly for Luke and Lorelai. There is some other stuff in it too but it's like got a lot of Luke and Lorelai stuff in it and all the fans wanted the podcast to talk about that. Instead, they spent the entire episode him arguing that it was perfectly okay for Rory to have sex with Dean while he was married and that that was fine because they were young and the infidelity doesn't count. And the three other people on the podcast were like, um, no. Excuse me? And he's like, and he kept arguing that Rory is like supposed to be a perfect character and therefore we have to just accept it. And uh, then, due to all the the fan feedback of like, hey, why did you spend the whole podcast talking about this one thing and not anything else? They recorded not one, not two, but three more podcasts about that episode in which they only talk about the Dean and Rory stuff over and over and over. And that is when I quit because I was done with it. I was yeah, like, that's you horrible. do not care about your listeners at all. <laughs> if anything, they actively seem to dislike their listeners. So... I was over it. Anyway, um, but I am curious to see how Chad Michael Murray is in the show. So I'll uh I'll report it, back. Yeah, at least peep the uh the first episode and let me know. Okay. So <laughs> all right, back to back Okay, to so Riverdale. anyways, back to this dumb show. So uh now Jughead has decided he's writing all of his own stories, and Veronica comes over to be like, Hey, let's go to the movies. And he's like, No, I have to write a full issue. So now he's telling her I guess all of the stories that he's written uh with it which is just more evidence that he's a bad writer because also he didn't make any of these up it's all plagiarized and I think that was kind of supposed to be part of the joke because when he was reading all the cards that were like Riverdale plots and he's like oh but this has been done before over and over and over let's do something completely original like high school stories that's original I mean maybe it was in the 50s I don't know well but here's the thing I don't care I don't care if they're making jokes like poking fun at themselves that just means they know how bad it is and that they don't really care that much so take a seat i like i've just had enough it's too much 
Yeah, I think we've mentioned this before, but there's a big difference between like poking fun at yourself in a way that shows like we get it. Yeah, this is cheesy versus like, yeah, this is bad and we're not going to do anything about it, but we are going to recognize that it's bad. Like, well, that's okay, but you could do something about it. Um, So in each story, my favorite part of the whole episode is the like comic style transitions, like when they'll be on a scene and then it'll sort of turn into a comic and they'll show panels like that part is kind of cool but you know i didn't need a whole episode to get that one cool thing i could just look at fan art Um, i also if i wanted a comic about riverdale i would read the archie (laughs) comics there's so many out there (laughs) yep yeah good one um so each story has a narrator called the key keeper who is he's the crypt keeper it's a close but no cigar for the crypt keeper oh thank you i didn't actually write that down so (laughs) so thanks for that um, the Crypt Keeper is one of those things that, like, I've heard of a billion times, but I've never actually, like, I don't know, well, know what the Crypt so Keeper you, is actually from. You have now seen an episode, there was a show called Tales from the Crypt Keeper, or Tales from the Crypt, and they were like this. The Crypt Keeper introduced creepy stories, and then a creepy story happened. This episode was a worse version of that, because it was all Riverdale-themed. Oh, okay, so that's interesting, because, like, I, I have heard of Tales from the Crypt, and I've heard of the Crypt Keeper, mostly from that scene in, in Freaky, Freaky Friday. Friday. <laughs> it's like the Crib Keeper. Um, okay. Anyway, so first story. Story one, keep your head in the game. It's all about High School Musical. It's not. Dilton it's Doily only. is the worst basketball player on the team, and nobody can leave until he makes a free, fo- free well, no, throw they, basket. They made all the basketball players run laps, and yeah, they can't the stop running until he hits a basket, and he can't hit a single free throw, which makes me think, why is he on the team? Right, which is what they ask, and he's like, I just wanted to be on a team. And Well, no, but why did he make the team? Maybe it was no cuts? Ugh. I don't know. He, yeah. What's Look, the point? He should join a different type of team. I'm sorry. There's no Maybe reason the to be Maybe the debate hated. team. Or Mathletes. The- or um uh quiz the tri- the trivia or, team or like if you're just not like hand eye coordinated join the track team at least then you're not going to like deliberately hurt your other teammates i would never tell anyone to run okay but well. that's where we differ <laughs> all right um a lot of times not always but a lot of times in in high schools it seems like the only sports that are like no cuts are the running related ones so. i like uh the field part of track and field <laughs> you are you more a uh, shock put or like long jump uh i was long jump and triple jump okay Ooh, triple jump's hard i never really got the hang of that one tried once if i tried again now i'm certain i don't know how to do it anymore but it's i like was like a quite... hop skip and a jump well yeah but then it's like well, what's a skip or i'm sorry a skip hop and a thump which is totally a thing <laughs> That was a previous episode. I know. Okay. And you were like, what's it? What could it possibly be? God forbid they change the order of words. Doesn't make any sense. That one, look. I was like, why is she talking about this for so long? And you messaged me like, I have no idea what the title's about. I was so happy when I listened to the other podcast that also had no clue what it was. They're like, this isn't a thing. (laughs) So that was great. Um, Okay. Uh, Julian Blossom stuffs Dilton Doily in a locker. For whatever reason, they're like, this fake version of art Archie needs to be like, maybe we shouldn't do this. But he doesn't like let him out or anything. So like, Archie, honestly, you're just as bad. You know, Uh, he's weak. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Dilton Doily, though, was morbidly claustrophobic. So by the morning, he had suffered a complete psychotic break 
gets the axe from the hallway, you know, one of those like punch glass grab yeah, the, the axe fire, thing. the fire ones, the fire axe, and then chops off everybody's heads. And then all of a sudden, because of that, he's able to make the baskets but only with their heads because he's putting Ugh. their heads in the game. Yeah, I did like the uh, image of all of the basketball players like sitting on the on the bleachers with their heads off. That was kind of cool. I did not like that, but okay. I'm happy that you did for you. I just like I like the thought that Dilton Doily cuts off all their heads and then takes all their bodies and arranges them like that. Also, so they would definitely like, not like stay up, right? Well, I mean, but like also the Archie one at the end. Also, I think what there were some challenges with the bodily function I have there. Lots um, of thoughts on that. Well, but like here's the thing. So what you're telling me is that you are fine with the murder, but what you really love is the doing indignities to a corpse after. That is not what I'm saying. <laughs> that is not what I'm saying. First off, it's been a very long time, but I think we need to reiterate our own our old standby. We do not condone murder on this podcast. Um, well, exactly, but it seems like you might condone the other part. <laughs> I just thought it was a funny image of like the the uh, basketball coach comes back in and he's like, oh, Dilton, you finally got a hang of it. And then he's like, what the? Like sees all the bodies on the bleachers. I don't know. I thought it was funny. Okay. So, uh, and then he's like, well, I've got to keep my head in the game. And then he breaks out in song and he starts dribbling the heads and he's going, gotta get your, get your head in the game. Gotta he didn't your- do that at all. And it yeah. would have been so much better if he had. <laughs> if this had turned into a high school musical, the musical, The Riverdale Show episode, would you have enjoyed that? I would mean, you enjoy that if they do another um, musical episode, but it's high school musical? No, because I don't think any of them are talented enough. Have you ever seen High School Musical, The Musical? Um, Like the show? Like performed by like a theater company or something. I didn't know that that's a thing that happens until this moment. Yeah, High School Musical, you can do it as a musical. I guess it makes sense that you could. I have not. No. Have you? I feel like I have. I can't remember anything about it, but I seem to remember seeing some people do this on a stage. So I think it's a thing. Anyway, um, then after each one of these stories, Jughead and Veronica do a little debrief. She's like, oh yeah, I like that. Uh, Dilton got revenge. Good for him. And uh, Jughead says, comics are actually bite-sized morality tales and he says, you know, in comics, bad people uh, get punished. People who break the rules, people who are cruel to others, or who have lustful sex. And this is where Jughead starts to lose me once again, because... Well, and Veronica's what literally like, for? oh, lustful sex? Tell me more. Like, she's so thirsty. And he's like, you should be punished for sex. Let's go into the next story. Also... She calls him Juggykins right now. Oh, really yeah. Bad. Don't I do that. was trying to go back to the person I was before I knew that, and you've really sent my progress back. I'm sorry. It's like you've got Juggy built in. You don't need to add anything to that. Or, hear me out, no nicknames needed. You can just call people their name. Should I start calling Josh Joshykins? Oh. What about just Joshy? I already do that. Well, then I think you're doing better than Veronica. <laughs> like, the reason you go with Archiekins is is because it already ends in the IE. Have I mentioned on this podcast that my mom used to call me Kirsty Kins? Have I has that ever come up? No. And I'm shocked that it hasn't. <laughs> oh my gosh. Kirsty Kins? Yeah, it's kind of cute. It's better than Juggy Kins for sure. Uh, I I think it's a cute nickname. Kirsty Kins. I feel like All right, does this That's work for anyone else? That's not permission for people to call me that by the way. <laughs> Let me just write that down. Take a little note. Kirsty Kins. So, like, out of everyone else, Betty Kins, is that a thing? I mean, I think Betty Kins 
is definitely cuter than the others. Kirstykins. Do you think that's K I R S T I kins? Um, I, I've I think it's I E. I've really never thought about the spelling uh, before. Kirstykins. You could see it being I or I E. It, it could be I. It could be I E. It could be a Y. Truly, mm. Mm, I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't like it when Ys are in the middle of words. Okay, well, but sometimes they are. What about Marykins? <laughs> oh, um, Marykins. I feel like that sounds like possibly a thing someone has said to me at one point in your time and the other. Um, my mom called me Marinator. <laughs> that was my nickname. Wait, but when? Up. Like as a child? Yeah, like as a little little kid. A little Marinator. Not like you're marinating them like in Goose Goose Duck. Not like that, but like I don't know. It seems marinator. like you might be trying to marinate me. In Goose and honestly, Goose Duck. now now I can't get out of my head that it's like a the Terminator <laughs> marinator. Maybe that's what it was based off of. Because you'll be back. Yeah, but it was better than my brother's nickname of Boopsie Boy. <laughs> What was your sister's nickname? You know, I was trying to think. I don't know that she really had one. I don't know. I feel like my mom also called me Muffin Butt, so there's also that. But Oh, I feel like that's <laughs> coded language. <laughs> but like when I was a baby. Oh, okay, Muffin Butt. <laughs> I, you know what? This was not licensed for people to call me that either. <laughs> Fair enough. You will get one Kirstykins. <laughs> one Kirstykins. It's uh, only fair. All right. All right. Cool. So let's see. In episode two. No. What is this? Story, Story number, two. number two. Love you to pieces. You want to take this one? Yeah. So <laughs> it's a dark and stormy night and Archie's car has a flat tire because he ran over a nail or something. But thankfully, it was semi close to Blossom Manor, a place he's never been before. He walks up the steps and Nana Blossom answers the door as creepy as hell. Let also, me be clear. Nana Blossom sighting. Hadn't seen her yet this season um and she says he can use the phone to call for a truck and he's like oh can i just stay the night and i'll call for a truck in the morning uh really imposing on this strange old lady who uh, by all accounts lives alone at this point super bold of you to ask to like stay the night at a creepy place this was the past i think in the past you could just ask to stay places you know i'm sorry i'm noticing behind you now is that a picture of dawson's Creek. Um. Yeah. So the those are my celebrity crying photos. We've got Dawson up there. We've got Buffy, Meredith, and Kim Kardashian there. And then I got these guys too right here. But there's a double Dawson because this one used to be in my office. Uh, but I don't have an office anymore. I have a home office. Sorry to the podcast listeners. I am just noticing this for the first time. I can only see Dawson and Kim. But yeah. nice. Is his name? His name is not Dawson, right? What's his name? No, his real no- name is James Vanderbeek. But it's the scene in Dawson's Creek when um. Dawson has found out that Pacey and Joey are together and he's not happy about it because he's in love with Joey. Um, But then he recognizes that they are in love and he should allow them to be together. So it's that his parents are getting married again for the second, like, because they got divorced in the series and then get married. So it's at his parents' wedding and he gives Joey permission to be with Pacey and that he won't be mad about it anymore. And then she walks away and his face just crumbles into, like, the funniest crying face ever, which is also a meme. And that is the photo i have seen the meme i gotta say from that whole description i don't know the gender of any of those characters you just said joey is uh katie holmes and pacey is um 
the Joshua, some the little boy from the Mighty Ducks. I can't remember his real name. Pacey is male? Yes. Okay. And Dawson is also male? Yes. Wow. Okay. None of these were what I thought they were. All right. Well, you're welcome, baby. <laughs> I would have flipped all of those. And so, I just okay. need to say for the record, for anyone who is a Dawson's Creek fan, um, first of all, love yourself more. And second of all, <laughs> Pacey supremacy. Dawson is a little cursed again. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> Um, luckily, I have lots of clips of you saying Kirstykins that I get to put over that. So this is going to be fun. Well, it's the first time I have to do one of these edits in a really long time. I mean, I don't have to, but it's fun for me. I mean, I think that the B word is a word that should be allowed. That's not explicit. No, but like I said, I just happen to have a lot of examples Ugh. of you saying ship names and, and nicknames and things. So <laughs> annoying. Why am I being censored? <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I I was personally uh, traumatized when I heard the Crypt Keeper-esque guy say, a picture is worth a thousand words, but I only need two for this one. Hubba hubba on a perfectly uh, normal looking painting of Cheryl in a um, normal outfit. Yeah, I choose not to perceive that that happened. Uh, As a child. Yeah, because it's just not uh, something I need to perceive. Uh, y'all stay safe out there, you know? Uh, so Nana's like, okay, you can stay the night, come in, warm up by the fire. And she says, there's just rules that you need to follow if you're going to stay here. And rule number one is that once you're in a room, you need to stay in there all night and keep the door locked all night. And Archie's like, yeah, no problem. But like, can you tell me why? And Nana Blossom goes, my granddaughter lives with me and she's not well. And she has a craving for intimate, physical, inappropriate touching. She's been known to sneak into the bedrooms of strange young men in the middle of the night. And Archie sees like the picture of her and is like, is that your granddaughter? Yeah, I'll do good. And then he purposefully leaves the door, not even unlocked, but like fully open. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, she comes in in the middle of the night, starts kissing him. He's like, I'm going to light a candle. And she says, no, no, what we're going to do is best done in darkness, which sounded very much like a thing that I'm sure Veronica has said before. It sounded familiar. It could be anything. Listen, you take a bad line of dialogue and you draw it out of a hat, 50-50 shot, it's already been on Riverdale. Uh, the next morning at breakfast with Nana, Archie is looking like a man who fully got some. And uh, he's like, oh, was that your da- granddaughter I saw out of the corner of my eye in a looks like a wedding dress in, wedding in dress. the other room? And she's like, oh, yes, she was once vibrant and youthful, but she wanted adventure. So she went to a jungle but contracted leprosy, which is very contagious. And at this point, Archie is like, uh-oh. And uh, then um, she's Nana Blossom says yeah she'll die soon so i'm trying to make her last days as good as possible i put the nails on the road i got you here you could have been a good boy and locked your door but you didn't and then uh we see cheryl who has like peeling skin yeah she's like we're gonna be married and be together forever and i feel like i mean this goes without saying but like archie would have definitely you know felt the peeling skin now i my first thought when this happened was that the cheryl was actually gonna be like nana blossom but like at night she's like in the yes. body of a young I thought, woman or something i thought like it that. was just straight up going to be nana blossom who came into the room at night or something i, I thought it was gonna be something like that but no yeah. it was leprosy classic 
classic leprosy. Uh, so uh, during the Jughead and Veronica debrief, if you didn't see this coming, um, with each uh, s- successive story, Veronica gets more and more not yeah. happy with Jughead She's and like, his stories. What was the moral of the story? Literally. And Jughead's like, well, it's a curiosity killed the cat situation or don't engage in heavy petting in the dark without proper protection. Also, this one didn't have anything to do with high school. Just saying. They were high school age and he was in a Letterman jacket. <laughs> okay, fair. Uh, and Veronica's like, oh yeah, I heard that Archie and Cheryl broke up and also they didn't actually sleep together. And he's like, hmm, okay, well, interesting. And uh, she's like, uh, high school was created for boys to chase girls and vice versa. And and then he's like, oh yeah, girls will do whatever to get a boy's attention. And she's like, yeah, and feigning interest in comic books is apparently one of them. And then we lead into the next story called The Beehive. Which I think this one is like the most common like urban legend that you'll see like a, a million times if you look oh, at really? urban legends this online. Is, the bee the beehive haircut with the spiders. Like I've heard the story so many times. Oh I've never I had never heard of this one before. I didn't realize this was a thing. Okay. Oh interesting. But yeah no I've definitely seen this story before obviously just not in an archy frame of mind. Um I l- liked this one the most probably out of all of them but I did not realize that it was uh not at all original. Um I'm not sure what I liked about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it felt like a real story, kind of. Like, not that it's real, but, like, it actually, it kind of had a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. Um. So, Betty is, sorry, Bland Betty, as she's being called, is a plain Jane who what no one likes. What if call her, like, a ponytail something? Ponytail princess? No, that's the other. Oh, that, Cheryl does call Cheryl her a ponytail princess Cheryl calls her a ponytail point, princess, but... but at the beginning, they're like, every school has, like, a ponytail Oh, yeah, they something. said something. I can't remember what they said. It's fine. It doesn't matter that much. Um, and so she's going to get a new hairstyle to get the boy's attention. And so she goes to a hairdresser and the hairdresser's like, oh, the beehive is all the rage in Europe. The only downside is you can't wash it and you must use hairspray. Yeah, it's, I, it is very weird that it's like, yeah, you can never wash your hair ever and you just spray it with this hairspray all of the time. Like, I'm pretty sure your hair can still get extremely greasy in a beehive. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't really know how people who did have beehives at this time maintained them well, or were they just super wealthy and they just went to the hair salon every day like, i, I mean I, th- I think the beehive was extremely popular in a time when uh the people that were wealthy were probably the people getting beehives and those are people they would go to the hair salon once a week they would get their hair set and then they would live like that for a week and then they'd go back to the salon and get it washed and reset every week um so i think there's there's all sorts of devices and like ways that people would purposefully sleep so their hair wouldn't get disturbed and and stuff like that. Okay, I looked it up. The exact words were, every school has one, the plain Jane with the ponytail mane, the sweater set waiting for a better yet, who none of the boys seemed to sick their sights on. Bland Betty was little more than an invisible girl. Yes, my foul friends, Betty's prospects of landing a date were very grave indeed. Also, she wasn't wearing a sweater set at any point in this, but okay. Um, so let's see. She gets the beehive and the other girls are still mean to her, but at least she gets attention. She starts craving the attention. The boys start noticing her. She sprays her hair so much it gets heavier and heavier. Archie and Betty go to Pops. Random moment, much like the random moment of Archie being like, maybe we shouldn't put Dilton in a locker, of Pop being like, oh, Betty's always been a peach. Why? Like, what, what was the- Well, it was supposed to be like, well, how dare you only notice her now that she has good hair? No, I, no, I got that. What I'm 
saying is, why include that? This is a comic. Like, I'm sure that wasn't, I mean, maybe it was written in the comic. Maybe that because was supposed to be like. it underscores the meaning the, the, of the oh, story. Yes. The moral. I, how how soon I forget. Yeah, God. Um, Betty is dancing with Archie, and then she starts choking and dies. And the coroner, ah, look, it's Dr. Curdle Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, cuts open her hair to find tons and tons of spiders. A black widow had crawled in her hair at night and laid a bunch of eggs. And the moral is beauty is only skin deep and vanity kills. And Veronica's like, mm, it seems like all your stories are variations on one theme. Yep. And she says there's nothing wrong with wanting to look good and that boys do the same thing to get attention. And she says, all right, fine. Well, you've got one story left. I hope you give me a starring role, maybe something romantic or with female friendships, which I think was supposed to also be like a little jibe from the writers to themselves about Veronica, but didn't really land because Veronica doesn't really have any stories about female friendships except for like in season one. Um, I think that you're reading too deeply into it. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, So he suggests, Jughead suggests a flip on the classic teenage love triangle trope where the girls don't go at each other's throats over the man, but instead work together. See, and I was just hoping it would be a love triangle where two men were vying for one woman. Like that would be flipping the trope. That is what I thought we were doing, although that was basically episode two of this season. So I don't know. Um, Story four called My Better Half. Archie is a good boy, but he's hopeless when it comes to decision making. And I'm just going to say nothing that I saw in this story made it seem like Archie was, in fact, a good boy. Archie was not a good boy. uh, But I think that this is written from the frame of the 50s where boys are allowed to do whatever they want. Stupid 50s boys. Yeah, he was not a good boy. And he so, was a rat something. They kept saying rat it. A rat fink. Right, a rat fink. Is that a thing? I, it's definitely a thing that you call people. Hmm, okay. Like an old-timey thing. That rat fink. Yeah, it doesn't sound good like like from you. It doesn't, it doesn't sound um, good coming. Hmm. But so he's dating both Betty and Veronica. He sees Betty on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and he sees Veronica on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. It's so exhausting to go on six dates a week, so he drinks a lot of coffee. And Sundays are for him. He rests and recovers to be ready for the week of dates ahead. Who the hell? Why do you need to go on so many dates every week? Like, this is excessive. (laughs) Also, does that exhaust you more than, like, if it was one person you were going on dates with every day? I don't know. I just, why do you gotta do something every day? And also... I mean, I don't know why. Something about a high school student in the 50s drinking coffee seemed off to me. Like, was that a thing? Maybe I it mean, it was really just like portrayed as if he was on cocaine, the fact that he drinks coffee. Yeah, it was weird. Because uh, like uh, kids now drink coffee, I guess. But even me, like when I was in high school, like it was kind of unusual to to see kids like walking around with coffee. Until oh, yeah. Were, it was at least, you know, it was like year at least. May, like e- maybe in grade 12 you'd see someone drinking coffee but yeah. like not really yeah not really anyway um i don't really know what the coffee trends of the 50s were but i bet it was a percolated cup of coffee the way it would yeah. be brewed it would be perked perked what does that mean that it was percolated it's a type of um i think it's similar to how a french press works but not ah. quite i've heard of percolated coffee i just don't actually know what it means so it's not a secret betty and veronica both know that he's dating both of them but they each want want him all to themselves so the girls ask him like why am i not enough don't you love me and he tells both of them that they are his favorite i hate it so much and then all the boys are like wow archie's such a 
stud. How does he do it? And he's like, it's so easy. You just tell them what you want to hear. And if things like get complicated, just use the the magic words. You're my favorite. Yeah. And then Dilton Doily calls him out on that being a contraction. Um, I mean, a contraction I, is still one word. Like Dilton right. Doily seems like a annoying loser in this whole thing. Yeah, because it's like he corrected incorrectly. Anyway, like it's not like Archie was like say the three magic words. You are my favorite. And then Dilton could be like, that's four words. A contraction is one word. It's when two words become one word. I agree. I'm with you on this one. So then they say, oh, but Archie was about to hit an iceberg because Valentine's Day lands on a Sunday. And so which girl is he going to go out with? By the way, yes, I did the research in 1955. Valentine's Day was in fact on a Monday. So eh. I mean, maybe. I mean, I don't think the comics necessarily (laughs) happen at the same time as the show. Yeah, probably not. But I'm just saying. Um, Betty and Veronica are like arguing over who likes who he likes more. And Cheryl's like, maybe he's playing both of you. So they go up to him and are like, you need to pick one of us and you need to go out with us on Valentine's Day. And he's like, actually, I'm going out with my mom on Valentine's Day, which honestly for Archie does track. But turns out he was lying. Well, and and he's going out with Cheryl. The thing, too, though, is like even if he's like, oh, sorry, I can't go with either of you. I have to go out with my mom. It's her first Valentine's Day without my dad. Sure, whatever. But that doesn't mean that Betty and Veronica would just drop the other issue, which is how poorly they're being treated. And they both are just like, oh, that's so sweet. Never mind. I know you love me. Also, which is it? Is it that Archie is a good boy who just can't decide between two particular girls and so wants to date them both because they're different? Or is he just a womanizer? Because why why would he add a third girl to the mix? How does that help? Womanizer, woman, womanizer, you're a womanizer. Yes, exactly. Um, He sucks. Yeah. So Betty and Veronica team up to tell him that he can have both of them at the same time. Well, oh, first of all, he they tell him they're going to stay in on Valentine's Day. Right. And then they see, they go out together as friends and see him with Cheryl at Pops. And then they come up with a scheme. A little confused why they went out as friends because they weren't friends at this well, point. Well, I think they're friends now. Okay. I guess they're friends now. So this is when they come up with their scheme. And their scheme is to slip him sleeping pills in his coffee and then, yeah. well, first it's so, to trap him into yeah. a threesome. They get him all excited at the prospect of a threesome. And then the, Betty puts a bunch of her mom's sleeping pills in his coffee. They make him drink the coffee, even though he's like, I don't think I'm going to need anything to stay awake tonight. Uh, but they make him drink it anyways. And then they strap him down to a table and wait for him to wake up. Yep. And then when he wakes up, they're like, we're going to chop you in half so we can both enjoy you. And I feel like I'm sure they did this due to it being cheaper and easier to edit, but I think it would have made way more sense for them to cut him lengthwise. Why did they cut him in half this I way? Don't, I think Be- it's really hard to cut a skull in half. But it's a comic book. Well, yeah. I'm just saying, like, if the idea is, oh, we're each going to share you, well, but why would anyone want just his lower half? I mean, okay, maybe. Okay. But, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why would you ever want half of a corpse? There's nothing to be know. done there. 
And it's just this one. This one landed the least for me. It was because so at, dumb. At least the other ones were like, okay, Dilton Doily like gets revenge, and then like the whole beehive thing was whatever it was, and I already forgot what the second one was. <laughs> oh, that was the Archie sleeping with Cheryl one. But this one, it was like the girls seemed normal, and then they took out their anger on him and with were like murder. fine with having a corpse, and they're like always like covered in blood, and I'm like, what is happening? And then it shows them like Veronica's cuddling with the upper half and Betty's cuddling with the lower half and it's like they would never have to share him again excuse me it's so dumb it was so dumb and it was really annoying and the fact that this is like what Jughead thinks Veronica was asking for is also just like you're dumb you're dumb and stupid yep so then Veronica's like okay the sexual politics in your stories are extremely troubling yeah Uh, you're depicting teenage girls as shallow killers and um he's like well okay but I'm done now you want to go to the movie and she's like actually I'm gonna take a page from your last story and split and I would just like to say that for whatever reason when I was a I don't know how old 10 9 10 11 age my cousin who is a couple years older than me would always give me and my sister some hand-me-downs and uh one thing she gave us was for whatever reason three copies of the same shirt which was a hot pink t-shirt that says make like a banana and split okay and me and my sister and our friend would wear them and we definitely like didn't really get what it meant but now I get it I mean if you told me today Mary that you routinely say let's make like a banana and split I'd believe it I could see you doing that for laughs, laughs. that seems like something I would say well, yeah like not like seriously but like in a jokey way I could see you like when I'm like heading out early from volleyball I'd be like all right time for me to make like a oh, banana and split better make like a tree and leaf you know what I mean maybe I'll incorporate that into my I think you could uh, verbiage yeah um so she's like uh yeah we're still copacetic but i'm just tired goodbye and then we get a voiceover where jughead says and easy as that whatever soap bubble veronica and i had been in just burst yeah because you messed up juggykins yeah because he's a weirdo why is he so weird Tomorrow at school, things would be different. We'd no longer be the Marilyn Monroe and Arthur Miller of Riverdale High. I don't know who Arthur Miller is. I didn't even I, Arthur Miller is that who wrote Death of a Salesman? Oh, was that like the, that? that's what he thought their dynamic was? That he was like the writer and she was the actress? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that is the oh. one who, he wrote Death of a Salesman. He also wrote The Crucible. Okay, interesting. Uh, we'd pass each other in the hall, but she'd once again be the beautiful socialite and I'd be the Melvin who writes comic books, the kind that hopefully weren't corrupting the youth of America. And then the Riverdale Register comes out and the title of the headlining article says, Comic Books, Slaughter of the Innocent. Um, I will say I did pause to read the title and surprisingly uh the entire article seemed legit like it wasn't like one of those things where it's just like the same paragraph repeated over and over oh, or nonsense wow. words um i didn't really read all that i skimmed it It was kind of boring so it was just about comic books yeah, it was being in- bad for kids yeah. um but i was i I, I gotta say, overall, for this whole season, and probably the whole show, but particularly this season, I've noticed it, the props have been really well done. Like, all of the books that were, like, the fake books, like mm-hmm. the one last week that was, like, the, whatever, the yeah, search yeah. for the pepper or whatever it was. Pepper, cost of pepper. Yeah. That one looked really good. Um, so, good job to the props department. Uh, so, the patriarchy's back together, and Werther's uh, is reading the article, or one of them is. I don't know if it's Featherhead or Werther's. I think it's Featherhead. I literally can't 
cannot tell them apart. Um, he's like, he's reading the article that I guess presumably Werther's wrote, and it says, there is an undeniable link between the violence in comic books and real acts of violence by the juvenile juveniles who read the books. They want the creators of the comic books to be held accountable and punished to the full extent of the law. And uh, meanwhile, Mr. Fieldstone, who's the comic book dude, is like uh, telling Jughead that he's going to get a byline that's going to be called Jughead Jugular Jones, uh, which is probably not a good idea because I assume that he is going to be um, held to the full extent of the law pretty soon. Yeah, I don't, so this is just so stupid. Yep. Uh, Fieldstone says, girls come and go, but your name in print is something that will make people sit up and take notice. And then we get a second Jughead voiceover where he says, little did any of us imagine how prophetic Mr. Fieldstone's words would turn out to be. But little did we know. Yeah. And then there's like a little like end credits thing where the Riverdale words come up again, but they look uh, all comic booky and creepy. And there's like a scream and it's very supernatural if you've ever watched that show, like the titles. It's like, ah, anyway. Um, Tales in a Jugular Vein is a uh, book by Robert Blotch and it is a Tales of Black Humor is a collection originally published in 1965 that brings together 10 excellent stories in which Blotch shows off the imaginative, spontaneous, fluid, and high quality literary style with which he managed to achieve a privileged place in the American letters. The book consists of 10 stories. Yes, I'm sorry. That is the Google Translate from Spanish to English so it didn't quite translate well um oh it's got a 3.5 out of 5 on goodreads only 86 ratings bad ranking for goodreads because i feel like everyone always pumps up their rankings um it's a little excerpt here about robert blotch i'm probably botching that last name or blotching it um Oh, one of the reviews says, disappointing, too jokey by half, two out of five stars. Oh. Um, Mas que humor negro es más bien macabro. I'm assuming that means it's very dark humor and it's very macabre. Yeah, it sounds macabre. Three out of five stars, though, but that sounded like a positive review. All right, here's one. This is a very fun collection of short stories, but not at all what I expected from the author of Psycho. Oh. Wait, okay, I don't, maybe it's a different Psycho. Whereas I expected more humor and shock, most of these, while dark, were surprisingly lighthearted, much like a story from EC Comics. I was even further surprised that three of the ten stories involved time travel. Oh, and lots of stories about show business. I don't know. Enough is enough. Uh, Let get it, let's cut it off. Stop this. <laughs> I was skimming to see if any of the stories seemed like um uh seems like like the one that we had here. Like if any of them were directly. Uh... It doesn't look like it. There is one about night school and one about a pinup girl. It's, hmm. They're not looking at it that deep. No, clearly not. All right. Um, new characters. Uh, brief mention of Coach Cleats and Bernie, who was the guy who worked at the comic book store. And then the returning characters that we hadn't seen for a while of Dr. Curdle Jr. and also Nana Blossom. Um, what a dream. As as you said, the close but no cigar here was the key keeper. And That's right. who is the most normal person of the week? Veronica, because she recognized the red flags in Jughead and said, I'm out of here. Yeah, this was also an episode that basically only had two yeah, actual people Jughead in it. and Jughead was not acting normal. And the patriarchy was not acting normal. I mean, they were acting normal for the patriarchy, but they weren't acting normal. <laughs> right. It has to um, be Veronica. It has to be Veronica. All right, good. Yeah, and that was pretty easy. 
is this? This might be one of the first times Veronica has won. I can't she's look it one up. Of, no, she's but... one of a few, but not many. I think this is maybe the third time. She's not a common, normal person. No, she's not. I I have to, I would have to look because I don't actually have any of these on the website at the moment. Wow. Um, You don't have it on because... a post-it note? No, I do have it written down. Um, Important backup documents. Old website, Riverdale page. Here it is. All right, let's see. I need to copy them onto the new website. All right. In terms of most normal person, Veronica. Oh my gosh. I'm already in season three and there's no Veronicas yet. Oh no. Okay. Season three, episode 17. Veronica. Yeah. She's like one of our least. Season yeah. four, episode 12. Season six, episode two. And that's a... um. That was a river veil. Yeah. Um, also, just Season for the six, record, six, seven, when nine. we were talking, he mentioned Arthur Miller and Marilyn Monroe. They also mar- were married, That Marilyn Monroe. Oh, gotcha. And, and Arthur Miller. Out. They broke up right before she died. Veronica got most normal person three times in season six. And that is by far more than she got in, in and the rest all the other altogether. seasons combined. That's wild. Yeah. So, wow. Good job, um, Veronica. She only gets more and more normal. I think because for a while in season six, she didn't have superpowers. Like until they were like, hey, she can be a human dialysis machine or whatever um forgot about that also remember when she killed that like random guy by sleeping with him Hmm. oh she didn't mean to kill him that was an accident i know i just can't believe they wrote that character out of the show i thought he was gonna be a love interest for a little while it was like nope so did veronica (laughs) yeah that was pretty funny it's fine all right anyways all right well we did it it's over yay kirsten what do you got going on uh mess magnets is one year old so people can listen to the pod and possibly depending on when this drops vote for the categories of the the messiest stories we've talked about this year yeah when does voting end for those i don't know sasha made the polls it could be 24 hours it could be a week i i don't know i Um, voted nice Thanks, Mary. I always know that you are out here supporting Mess Magnets, and I appreciate that deeply. I felt very strongly, and I was very surprised. I think I was mostly surprised in one of the outcomes because, without spoiling anything, there's just a topic that I had no idea was so like, mm. popular to the internet. Of course, of course. So. Um, And also, I was on the Double Eviction recap for Big Brother Canada 11 this week, and of course, you can follow me everywhere at Kirsten Said What, including twitch.tv slash Kirsten Said What. Oh, and I'm on REGP Game Night this week, playing Settlers Ooh. of Catan. When is that? Uh, Saturday, April 29th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, which I thought was 5 p.m. Eastern Time, and I just discovered that it is at 4. Um, yeah, and it's going to be Dwight from Survivor, Xander from Survivor, Omer from Survivor, and then me and Mari and Grace from RHAP. Looks like a fun, fun crew fun. for that one. Um, it's always fun to play uh, Saddlers of Catan. Cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. That's all for this week. And we will be next we will be back next week for episode six. Until then, you can follow me online at Frail Mary. And if you're interested, you can check out uh, my Twitter for other podcasts I've been on. Most recently I was on Crime Scene for RHAP talking about the uh, American Manhunt Boston Marathon documentary that was on Netflix, three-part series, docu-series. And I have also been about approximately once a week on Big Brother canada stuff so while that's still out you can check that out on rhap as well all right everyone until next time bye